For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, was it the Pythagorean theorem? The Pythagorean theorem said that the Red Jays offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that the Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. Guys being dudes. What is better? What you call I call living? Start a record label, my fish just draft dudes podcast. Today is Wednesday. We are a week away from the NFL Combine. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Eddie Key Scouting and Fan Rex. I am flying solo this morning on my way to the gym. We are going to talk about some of the headlines recently in the NFL draft sphere our opinions on them here on draft dudes not speaking for Gio. But you're sure. Lord knows we have some things I like to uh, like to speak on and get on my soapbox every once in a while, and that's what we're going to do here uh, today on draft dudes. I think before we get into the prominent headline, uh, which is this Lamar Jackson to wide receiver double and triple down that we're getting, uh, I want to focus my attention on some some positive player evaluations that I've done over the course of the past week or so, uh, because there are a number of guys that 
I'm a really big fan of that I hadn't had an opportunity to see a lot of throughout the season. And uh, it's exciting because it's kind of changing my perception on some of the positional groups and, and where they stand. One of those being the safety group. Uh, I'm really impressed. I just got done last night watching uh, Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford, who is the brother of Eric Reed, a longtime 49ers safety. And wow, this guy's versatile. This guy can play man-to-man in the slot. He can play press coverage in the slot. Uh, He can fill the run like he means it. He can tackle uh, zone coverage, very disciplined to not get sucked out of his primary responsibility carrying route stems. Uh, his eyes are really disciplined to see routes that are developing behind the initial stem and kind of peel back into uh, an aggressive charge on an underneath route. So, Reed is a player I didn't hear a whole lot about as far as, you know, he was an early entry, he wasn't really on the radar before the year, and He'd started 10 games the year prior, um, but was a full-time starter this year and had really nice stats this year, too. He had five interceptions, kind of showed off his ball skills. Uh, One of those was a key pick against Utah, uh, kind of sealed the game for Stanford. He was playing in the trail position and underneath, uh, underthrown football, uh, gets his eyes back and high points the football, makes a play on it. So... Um, there's a lot of boxes checked as I went through and watched these five games of Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford, uh, really impressed with what we saw there. I think that's a, a really promising development. Guys like him and Jesse Bates from Wake Forest is another one that I think Jesse Bates is a pretty exciting prospect. I think he's... Uh, Maybe in the sphere of like where not a player comparison, but as far as evaluation, uh, where Justin Simmons went to the Broncos, um, that's a range that I could see somebody getting uh, a pretty exciting athlete and a young kid, a redshirt sophomore, Jesse Bates the third. Uh, I think that would be a, a nice value for a guy who. Showed some good habits. Showed some bad habits. The tackling's still a little shaky on the back end. But overall, I mean, he he can move. He's pretty long. He's got good size for the position. So uh, Jesse Bates, another one. Uh, this safety group seems to have a lot of guys that are solid starters, in my opinion. I know the safety group's not one of the more highly regarded position groups um, in the in the draft class this year, everybody wants to talk about running backs. and uh, But I wouldn't get too down on the safety group. Uh, there, there's a number of guys that I actually really like. Moving on. So we have some headlines to tackle. First of all, the NFL Combine, as we mentioned, is uh, one week away from today, from kind of teeing off, and uh, we're going to get the opportunity to uh, finally get some final player assessments and Obviously, the NFL draft, you got to have a number on a guy. You got to be able to say, hey, you know, this is a round and a range that I, I would feel comfortable investing my draft capital in this player. And, uh, the way that we do assessments, myself and Joe, here on Draft Dudes and, and NDT Scouting in general, is 
uh, we try and paint this really high-resolution picture. And, you know, there's some teams out there that really care about athleticism and some that don't care at all. Uh, there's some teams out there that really care about experience and leadership, and there's some that really don't care at all. You know, they all care about talent to some degree, but uh, that's something that is hard when you're on the outside. It's how do you account for all that? So what we've tried to do is come up with a process that takes into account as supplements and, and, ver- and uh, secondary measures for experience and athleticism and production and uh, supplement the film grade, which is obviously the most important thing on any player assessment. So you got to have good film because that's, that's your resume, really. So you have an on-the-field resume and an off-the-field resume. And the off-the-field stuff is all things that are quantifiable, measures, how many games, how many yards, uh, how fast did you run. You know, those are all measures that we use to help supplement that film piece. So with the combine coming, this is a monumentous window for us with the way that we do our player evaluations. And it's, it's the same thing for every NFL team. No NFL team has their board finalized right now. No NFL team has their final assessments on players you have to wait until you collect all the information and obviously the NFL teams have a much bigger uh, piece with the the mental side of the game and the player interviews that we don't have the opportunity to partake in but we will have all of the data we're going to get on a vast majority of these players essentially overnight so for example I'm like 229 player assessments into my 300-player list. So I've got just a fraction of them left. I'll go into the combine needing less than 50 film evaluations to be done my entire list, but I have zero final grades. By the time the combine comes and goes over the course of those five days... I'll have probably 250 of 270 that are completely done overnight, just like that. All I got to do is run the numbers. And that's, of course, the highlight of my time down there. I know Joe's kind of poked fun at me at this before, but I get my hands on a, a data set and I just can't wait to tear into it because it's another step closer to being done. And, well, for the NFL Combine, you are done. You know, you get your weights one day. You do your test the next day, and boom, player assessment is done. I can tell you exactly where I personally feel based on the way that I tackle player evaluation, where these players are going to fall. Have you guys heard about this uh, Lamar Jackson, the wide receiver hullabaloo that's going on in the, uh, the media right now? This is frustrating for me personally because the NFL draft kind of realm and media sphere it's it's growing it's evolving and and that growth is really facilitating a lot of talented people in the field a lot of really smart people a lot a lot of people that i have a great deal of respect for uh that do what we do and with all of these people it seems to be you turn on the film and now, look, it's fair to question Lamar Jackson as a prospect. You know, there's some things that I don't like about him as a player. Obviously, the footwork and uh, his consistency with his throwing mechanics 
needs to get better. It needs to get better. And that's okay. That's an okay thing to say. But I'm not going to look at him and say, oh, well, you know, his mechanics aren't consistent and he's super athletic, so we got to move him to wide receiver. Because you look at the progression trend line that he's on and it's really promising because it's a really consistent, steady trend line upwards, which is exactly what you want to see. Another concern that I have with Lamar Jackson's game is that they get their play calls and their checks from the sideline. Lamar Jackson gets up to the center, holds his hands out, lifts the foot, the whole nine yards, and he stops. And the whole offense stops and they turn to the sideline. And I watched plays last year where Louisville is going against NC State and they're running max protection with a two-man route where both routes are developing 20-plus yards down the field. Hey, it's great, right? But with that max protect, there's no short area check down. And Louisville couldn't block five pass rushers. So you've got six on two in the secondary, no check down, and you've got eight guys to block five and you can't do it. What is Lamar Jackson supposed to do when there's no check down outlet and they're contained rushing with five against eight and they can't get it? So uh, it's, it's complicated on a lot of levels where there should be a check down built into, like, I know, and I even came out and said this, it says, back in like the fall said sometimes the quarterback could be the check down which is like a very John Madden astute observation of me to say but it's true with Lamar he can bust rushes and pick up yards with his feet and be relied upon to do that but you consistently found with the NFL teams that Lamar played there was no flexibility or no he was he has no ability at the line of scrimmage to give himself a fighting chance if they're outmatched which they were in a lot of these uh, high profile games for them this season and it's just you you don't know what that's going to be because you, you won't know until you get him out on the field at the NFL level and you say okay Lamar like here's Here's your checks. Um, make the changes. I'm by no means questioning his ability to do it. I'm just simply stating he hasn't done it. So that's a layer to his game that he's going to have to you know, make sure he just grasps and adds to what is really strong physical skill set. But anyway, why this bothers me is there are so many people that seem to be able to look at him and come away with the same conclusions as far as his status as a prospect and where he's at and why it makes sense to take this shot. And then, you know, a friend of ours, Ben Albright, comes out on Twitter and says, this isn't just a Bill Polian issue. There's, there's several other people that he's talked to that really think Lamar Jackson's going to be a wide receiver. And then you get Bill Polian's explanation as to why. And he says, well, you know, he's just a really elite athlete. And 
Uh, I need to find a way to get that guy the ball more. And I'm going to stop here. And I'm going to give you about five seconds to really just let that sink in. Napoleon wants to find a way to get a quarterback to touch the ball more, so he's going to move him to wide receiver. Now, I don't know how avid of football fans, those of you who are listening to Draft Dudes may or may not be. I'm going to assume you're very avid football watchers. But there's one guy on the field that's guaranteed to touch the ball every single play. That's the center. And then there's another guy on the field that's guaranteed to touch the ball probably 99.9% of the time. And that's the quarterback. So you, you, you can't justify moving Lamar Jackson from quarterback to wide receiver because he's an elite athlete that you want to get in space more. And that's how you're going to manifest more touches for him when as a quarterback, he's touching the ball on every play. And that frustrates me because there's so many people out here that work so hard year-round in this industry. Then you get a guy like Bill who's been around a very, very long time. But that's not that thought process can't work here because the NFL offenses have changed so much. And there's upside here. There's promise here as a passer. That I don't I just don't know how you can look at and be one of the prominent voices in the field can look at this player and say he doesn't at least deserve a shot at quarterback. Because he's doing everything he can. He's getting better. He's adding size. He's getting more consistent. He's got a terrific arm. And he ran a lot of pro route concepts at at uh, Louisville. I didn't think necessarily that the play design and play calling was consistently very good, but he's running three and five step route concepts at Louisville. A couple other parting headlines here today on Draft Dudes. Uh, I know, I believe I saw Tony Pauline, it was Tony Pauline uh, from Draft Analysts, who came out with the post saying, kind of detailing that uh, Oklahoma tight end Mark Andrews uh, may be in for a little bit of a slide. And in that post, he referenced that team's top tight ends were consistently uh, including Ian Thomas from Indiana. Which, if Ian Thomas played every game the way that he played the Ohio State game at the beginning of the year, you wouldn't catch an argument from me. But the problem is Indiana played 11 of the games this year, and Ian Thomas was not good in a lot of them. So I'm, I'm curious if the Ian Thomas thing centers more from his ability to be a two-way player or his upside as a receiver. But then you look at, you know, Gusecki and Andrews and... Goddard and Hayden Hurst and there's a lot of good receiving options so I guess a lot of these guys are flex guys maybe that's the appeal that gets Ian Thomas listed so highly in tight end ranks but that stood out to me in a big way because 
I watched four Indiana games and the Senior Bowl practices where I was, like, throwing up my hands. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going to do with you, Ian. Uh, He's a big body, but his route running is not super clean. Thought it was really apparent at the Senior Bowl. Uh, He was bubbling his brakes, giving ground uh, at the top of his routes and allowing defenders to kind of press back onto the ball across his face. And uh, he had a hard time struggling or separating and showing athleticism that that would separate uh, from these guys in man-to-man coverage. So it's kind of interesting to me that we found um, this player – evaluation that's apparently an NFL trend that I know a lot of guys that I talk to in the the media spheres uh, grossly agree with me that that, that's a a missed mark if that's really how teams are feeling. Now, of course, time will tell, and we're not rooting for anybody to fail here. But it it just caught me as a surprise to hear that some teams, uh, quote-unquote, consistently have Ian Thomas in their top three tight ends in a really deep and versatile tight end group this year. Speaking of Tony Pauline, Tony's got one more for us. We're going to talk about another quarterback guy you might have heard of, Baker Mayfield. Tony Pauline just went on the record uh, saying he believes Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield will be, quote, significantly overdrafted. Now, Tony does say that he loves to watch Manziel play with improvisational skills and disagrees with those that cite off-field concerns and cocky attitude is a problem. But he does think he'll be overdrafted. Tony said, when I watch him on film, I saw many of the same red flags I witnessed during the Senior Bowl practice. He's tough, heady signal caller, but has mediocre arm talent. When Mayfield tried to put zip on passes, he was often high on the mark. So this is a traits thing for Tony, and I think that's fair to say he doesn't have the best physical traits. Um, He certainly has to work to consistently get the zip on his throws that you see from other quarterbacks. Uh, That was apparent at the Senior Bowl. I would agree with that, that uh, he has to really pop his hips around to get torqued consistently on any throw. But it's also not the worst thing because he does it. He consistently pops and torques the hips. If he tries to just all army throw, yes, you're going to get bad results because he's got to throw with his body. But by and large, he's balanced in the pocket and he throws with his body. So Tony's a guy that I I really respect Tony and uh, he's one of the better insiders in the field. Uh, Plus he's got a good eye for the game and good eye for talent. It's just not something that I'm going to drag down Baker on as much as I'm not going to have as much apprehension on Baker as it seems Tony is uh, because all of the things that I personally put the value in are the mental pieces of the game, the mental toughness, the decision making, the accuracy, which Baker has shown that he has as long as he's throwing with his body. Um, I think those boxes are checked so comfortably for me. And he has the ability to put juice on the passes, even if there's times when 
the accuracy has some lapses when he's forced to try and hammer throw in there. Um, that's such a compartmentalized piece of the game, in my opinion, that uh, I'm still comfortable with taking Baker Mayfield early in the 2018 NFL draft and asking him to be my franchise quarterback. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the soapbox day today here on Draft Dudes. Uh, I'm pulling into the gym, so i got to go uh, get a quick sweat before we grind some tape this afternoon. You guys know the life by now. We, make, we poke fun at ourselves just as much as you all probably poke fun at us for grinding some tape. But that's what we do here on Draft Dudes. Uh, Joe and I will be back live on Friday night on Instagram Live. The Instagram account is NDT Scouting, which coincidentally is also my Twitter account if you'd like to hit me up on there. Uh, but we will be doing the random drawing for the 2018 Draft Guides giveaway during the Instagram Live. Uh, so make sure if you have not given us that five-star iTunes review, you sneak that in because your deadline is like 7 p.m. on Friday, and then it's no bueno. Then you're going to miss the drawing. If you're interested in the draft guides and you don't feel like waiting, you want to make sure you get your copy, you can pre-order at ndtscouting.com. Joe and I are each doing 300 player evaluations. Uh, it's a long list, brother, but we're we're well on our way, and we'll be there by uh, the end of March. I believe my, my prospectus this year is set to come out on the 26th. Joe's prospect for poli- portfolio is set to come out, I believe, on April 2nd. So you guys are going to get some split time in between them, and you're going to get more time than you got last year for both publications uh, to really dig through all 300 player reports that each one of us are doing. So you get 600 reports for 20 bucks. So you can pre-order at netscouting.com, and hey, guess what? If you win the drawing, we're going to give you your $20 back, so you have nothing to lose. Make sure you swing over, pre-order your copies now. And while you're over there at NDT Scouting, check out some of the really cool stuff that we got cooking Right now, uh, I just took the time yesterday to profile uh, some production scores. You know, we talked about how we do our player assessments at NDT and, and factoring in production, looking at the running back group, the top tier of runners, uh, guys that carry strong film and, and have strong production scores. Uh, every running back who's been drafted in the first round since 2015 uh, has had, I believe there's five of them. There's Melvin Gordon. Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, and Leonard Fournette. All five of those guys have a production score of over eight out of the maximum nine points. Uh, So when you get good film and good production, it seems counterintuitive, but that's why we add these layers. It seems logically like common sense, right? But that's why we do these layers, because you can cross-reference and check and look for trends and things that matter at some positions and don't matter for others. When you get a good film with good production at the running back position, it seems like it's a home run. Since 2014, I've had uh, 13 running backs that I've given a first-round film grade on. Not a final assessment, but a first-round film grade on. And nine of those guys had eight plus production value. So check that out. Uh, we're continuing our series on candidates to solve each team's most major impressing issue. 
A uh, lot of good stuff to check over, out over there at NDTScouting.com. So while you are over there pre-ordering your 2018 draft guides, check out some of our content. Let us know what you think. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at, at NDTScouting. I'm Kyle Krabs, signing off without Joe Marino, but still for Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dude Podcast. We will talk to you all on Friday night. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.